Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to City Church U's Knowing God Guided Reading Podcast. We hope you will join us this holiday season as we read J.I. Packer's modern classic, Knowing God. All right, guys, so I'm excited to discuss chapter 13, The Grace of God. Um, Grace might be one of the most prolific Christian words. Like, I mean, you can go to any church and probably find grace on the wall somewhere or on the Facebook or on a Facebook page or on a web page or whatever, you know, it's something often, I think often talked about and in a way that's not always like deeply thought through. And I'm excited just to dive into this idea of the grace of God with you guys. Um, one of the things that he talks about is no grasp of grace. And this is something that we've seen Packer discuss throughout the book, this idea of grasping, um, to properly understand. Uh, and I think that that's something that we can learn from as we read through this book. Like, let's slow down and make sure that we actually do understand these terms and topics and ideas, and we have a firm, correct understanding of them. Mm-hmm. He says part of the reason that we don't often grasp grace correctly is, he kind of gives a couple examples. One, he says the moral, you know, uh, ill dessert. <laughs> <laughs> I did that one on purpose, uh, but uh, of man, and you know, <laughs> today's been a, a whirlwind of that, but that one was low-hanging fruit for me. Oh, that was funny. Um, but on a serious note, you know, he talks about, uh, you know, how modern men and women, and this is, it's really not mo- just modern. I mean, this is the entire storyline of the Bible. Yeah. Um, we often just naturally inclined to have high opinions of ourselves. And as we have high opinions of ourselves and we think so much of ourselves, uh, we often don't think that we need God. And he says this on page 130. He says, The thought of themselves, ourselves, as creatures fallen from God's image, rebels against God's rule, guilty and unclean in God's sight, fit only for God's condemnation, never enters our minds because we don't feel like we're that bad. Yeah. You know? for, for you guys you know, what do you feel like, how does this play out, I guess, in, in, in common ways in the culture that we do ministry in today? Just, you know, it can be hard to reach people who don't feel like they have a problem or Mm -hmm. they don't need God. They don't need saving. Mm -hmm. So we do have to start from, you know, as we talk about ways to evangelize, we start with God, the creator, who we have to like get there first mm-hmm. and then man and, and his sin um, and that we are all sinful. No one is exempt from that. Um, so why do we think so highly of ourselves? Mm-hmm. And we realize like um, it's a, a construct of the world, of the culture that we live in. And um, we really have to, you know, get over ourselves mm-hmm. um, and see rightly that we are broken, we are fallen, uh, we are in need of saving. Um, you just you can't get very far with people until mm-hmm. you've covered those bases. And it's not like, you know, for you to 
shrink into some, you know, like depression and self, you know, have issues mm-hmm. with self-worth is that no, but there's an, there's an answer to this. There's mm-hmm. God has also given us a way back to him. So that like, that's not the end, but mm-hmm. you do have to start there. Like we do have to yeah. think. I've heard people say you got to get them lost sometimes to get them found <laughs> the, 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 something along Perfect. those lines. But yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people just exactly like you said, they just, and it might be people who maybe even claim Christ, but don't truly know him. Or it just mm-hmm. might be like people like you hear the phrase like, Oh, like if there is a God, I think I'll be fine with him. I think mm-hmm. I'm all right. You know? mm-hmm. And they've accomplished so much in life. Like maybe they just have people telling them all the time how great they are, how smart they are, mm-hmm. you know, um, all the great things they've done. Like I think of maybe like a surgeon or someone who's saved a lot of mm-hmm. people's lives. And, and, and that's wonderful and amazing. And God gave that surgeon a gift, but ha- like, has he, um, come to know himself as mm-hmm. in need of a savior mm-hmm. or does he think of himself as a God? Yeah. It seems prevalent in the culture, Hank. I mean, you're the one closest to collegiate culture, as far as like you graduated two years ago, but it's one of those things that seems like you're in a season of life where everything is designed to tell you about your potential and how yeah. great you are. I mean, can you speak to that a little bit about why it's so Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. It's just kind of this like, you're just apathetic to the thought that like moral, mm-hmm. any kind of like morals like apply to you you know and that uh, you know at the end of it all it's just going to be okay and Mm -hmm. it's just really this apathy about any like evil or sin and it's thought that we should just overlook it like everyone should just overlook it who are you to judge you know uh miley cyrus once said only god can judge me Mm -hmm. she wasn't actually you know (laughs) she wasn't actually like me you know yeah that's a a scary thought it it is scary because as christians we know like okay what you said is very true and Mm -hmm. like you don't want any part of that in the way that you're living your life right now and that's how so much of it is i think it's wrapped up pretty well in this quote on 131 at the end of the page this was the feeling voiced by the french freethinker who died muttering God will forgive. That's his job. Mm. That's how so many people think. Like, Mm. I'm just going to live how I'm going to live. I'm going to party. You know, I'm going to date who I want, do whatever I want. And then at the end of my life, like, oh, I was a good person. It's God's job to forgive. He'll forgive me. And that is Mm. just not the case at all. Yeah, I I definitely think that we're also just in a culture that is so much about building ourselves up. Mm -hmm. And I certainly don't want to tear people down and yeah but i think that i want people to rightly see and part of rightly seeing is understanding that we are not as good a people as we think Mm -hmm. and we are not good enough that no one was good enough and it's an important significant piece of the gospel when sharing the gospel with people you know that that they understand that nobody holds up to the standard that god set forth and you know that's the beautiful thing of the gospel is that that's where christ and the grace of christ comes in and so i think that's you know probably when I was reading that, I was thinking, wow, that is so relevant to today. It, it is, is so relevant. You know, that, you know, as long as you're not Hitler, as long as you're not, you know, a part of some sort of crazy racist Ku Klux Klan biker yeah. gang, right? Like, you're a good person. And it's like, no, like, that's not what the scriptures say. Mm-hmm. And I think that just goes back to the continued conversation of us reading this book as people who are trying to be discerning about what the world is saying that's different. 
He also talks about, um, he says on page 131 about how we often think that he, he references how to win friends and influence people. And, you know, we're just so used to trying to manipulate people and get what we want out of people and how we actually take that and we transpose it on God in a very unhealthy way. And he says, um, this is confirmed modern men and women in the faith, which have animated pagan religion ever since there was such a thing, namely the belief that we can repair our own relationship with God by putting God in a position where he cannot say no anymore. How can we do something to get what we want out of God as if you were a vending machine or a, you know, uh, an intern that worked for us or something like that. And he says this, he says, um, you know, to mend our own relationship with God, regaining God's favor after having once lost it, it is beyond the power of any of us. But yet the same way that our culture often tells us we're good people, you're good, you're good. Also, it's like, hey, you're powerful. You can get what you want. And I think that... Manifest it. Yeah, yeah. manifest it. Yeah, and you know, we were just watching some Matthew McConaughey clips <laughs> because I went through some of his book, Green Lights. And I mean, that's so, comp- that's so, that's so prevalent. I mean, how do you guys feel like you know, what is the sign that you've grasped this, that you've grasped this idea that we cannot do anything. We have no power in this. Repentance of sin. Yeah. I was, I was going to say something to that effect, like recognizing our own depravity apart Mm -hmm. from God. Like we are Mm -hmm. in no way righteous without Jesus. Mm. Um, that was like a really impactful section for me mm-hmm. to read too, because it's like kind of like a mic drop, mic drop moment that it's beyond the power of any one of us, like mm-hmm. the most powerful, the most rich, the most, maybe even someone who like really does a lot of good works. Mm-hmm. They're still out of relationship with God and have not repented of sin mm-hmm. that they, um, they, they will not experience, yeah. um, a relationship with God and and they will be judged and that day will come but it's just really interesting to think of like about this culture of manipulation mm-hmm. and how to like deceive people for your own gain like just the sin the, the sin in that is mm-hmm. and then yeah. like basically like how to live this out throughout your whole life it's like and then it's just very demeaning to God mm-hmm. to also like put him in that box yeah yeah I was just thinking like it's not only people that don't know the Lord that do this, but I think Christians, like, we mm-hmm. actively do this in our lives when instead of repenting of our sins, we attempt to act better in order to feel like we can repent of our sins. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, let me, like, kind of... He talked about sacrifices, yeah. right? It's kind, of, it's kind of like, let me make these, like, good sacrifices to you, God, with my life before I'll actually ask you for the forgiveness for the sin I committed, mm-hmm. when that is so backwards. Mm-hmm. Like repent of the sin, find forgiveness in Christ, and then live according to it. I liken it to every year at Christmas on the Moon, which we didn't get to do this year. We always had like a huge turnout of college students. And we've always jokingly said it's final season, you know, like nobody wants to be the person that misses church service right before finals. (laughs) Right. And we laugh, but it's true. Like there's a lot of kind of these ideas that like, you know, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask for a promotion, so I better listen to Christian music. And then we're somehow like, rather than like going to church because we want to sing truth and, and worship 
with our brothers and sisters in Christ and know him and his word, we're going to church because we think that it's an equation that if I do these things, I'll get these things in return. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just like you said, it's that's backwards, you know, because we have this grace of in the Lord, then we desire to live well yeah. and to honor him. And um, I, I thought that little tiny section was very spot on with what we see a lot. And, and it also speaks to why people get so frustrated and flipped upside down when they do the things that they think they're supposed to do and the outcome doesn't mm-hmm. result the way they want to. So like, I did this and I did this and I did this and God didn't do this part. Yeah. Like he didn't do his end of the deal. And it's like, that's not how God works. And I think that that was really helpful in this, you know, in this section um, he, he also, in the section where he talks about not earned or deserved, um, on page 132, uh, or verse 2, Hank, <laughs> keep the verse trend, um, he says this phrase that I really like. I like the, when you know, in, th- in thinking about God's love and God's grace. He says, but um, it is surely clear that once a person is convinced that his state and need are as described, and the New Testament gospel of grace cannot but sweep off his feet with wonder and joy. Um, in your life, how, how has this played out? Have you felt a moment where, or a season where you were just initially swept off your feet in the grace and joy of the gospel? I would say yes, and I would say kind of a, kind of a lot of moments. I mean, that moment of salvation and and just there's a lot of emotion wrapped up in that, but like, if I'm ever going to feel swept off my feet, it's when, you know, God and his grace mm-hmm. has saved me from, you know, ultimate destruction and, and given me this new birth, this, this chance to live life for him. And, and, and I, and I do feel like, um, just in different situations or in like, I mean, this job, for example, mm-hmm. like coming into ministry just in a very unexpected way, mm. I just felt like so blessed in the privilege of getting to mm-hmm. to, to do this and be part of this team and, and represent this church on staff. Like just in those, I, in, and I, I think that we need to see God's grace in everything, but mm-hmm. sometimes it, there are moments where it's just really brought to light, mm-hmm. and then we are just driven to praise Him and 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 feeling those moments where we're like, you know, people would say, oh, "I'm like on cloud nine, mm-hmm. like I'm so," yeah. and it's not always in the moments that others would call like mm-hmm. great blessing or, um, but sometimes it can be just after kind of a season of maybe like spiritual warfare or something mm-hmm. that you're going through personally and even when you're just tired and and you're and dreary and just feeling like worn out and it's like even when god lifts you in those mm-hmm. moments it's like man i this this is is so mm-hmm. like full of joy and 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 you can thank like i just thank god in those moments mm-hmm. yeah I mean, for me, the most clear one is like the salvation experience when I was 15 years old and um, just like thinking because my dad had been explaining the gospel to me for years and Mm -hmm. I just like the Holy Spirit had not opened my eyes. Mm -hmm. I just did not understand it. And when he did that night, I remember getting on the bus and I purposely sat by myself and just thinking like, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like I'm actually like forgiven of my sin 
I remember thinking to myself, like, does this mean I'm going to heaven now? <laughs> like, <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, but just really being blown away, blown away by the fact that, like, God desired for me to know him, you know, mm-hmm. personally. We've talked about God being personal in this book study, and, like, I think that is just what blew me away so much is, like, you know, me. I, I felt like I just wasn't good enough for it, which I wasn't, but mm-hmm. Christ didn't. His grace yeah. saved me. He still chose you. Mm-hmm. I remember Dean was preaching a sermon series about God's grace, mm-hmm. like when I started going to church as an adult. Mm-hmm. And so to me, like the topic of God's grace is, it is very personal. Mm-hmm. It's personal to every uh, believer. But I also realized that like, I never knew what grace meant. Like mm-hmm. I never knew the real biblical definition of grace or mm-hmm. how God would. So that was just kind of neat because it, it was like, a moment of being illuminated to mm-hmm. this truth mm-hmm. that, you know, I didn't have control over God opening my eyes to that, but and feeling in that moment, the spirit work and just it, I mean, it was an, an it was incredible. Yeah. For me, um, there's a book that an author named Jared Wilson wrote called gospel wakefulness, but he talked about how a lot of people are saved, but there's like almost, it's not a second salvation. But there's oftentimes, as people like study theology and they study the scriptures, they have this like kind of this, what he would call gospel wakefulness, where like there's this like almost this explosion in our heart mm-hmm. of just, it's like a clicking moment where you just kind of get it and not in a way that you weren't saved before, but mm-hmm. where maybe you see something um, in a new light. And for me, uh, when I, I got saved at 14 years old and I believed that I truly did, you know, was regenerate and and came to faith there. But then for a few years, I really struggled to understand the scriptures and how they were related to each other. And just all, all things about that were that season were really challenging for me as a young believer. And I think that shaped a lot of my ministry, just remembering what it feels like to be in that place. And I had a mentor come back from covenant seminary and started to teach me theology, started to teach me, um, Calvinism, which I did not know was controversial. I just, uh, I was just, I remember I'd meet with this guy and I was going to city church at the time and I was meeting, also meeting with this guy and he was teaching me the scriptures and teaching me theology and I didn't get caught up in controversy. And that just was honestly just totally wrapped up in what does God's word say? And I remember having like a light bulb moment where I began to understand, um, mostly rooted in the the major tenets of Calvinism, like how God's grace is working throughout this entire story uh, in the Bible and just understanding the total depravity of man. And so for me, that was really where it clicked for me. And that's why we here at City Church, we don't stray away from teaching those doctrines. Um, The the last thing I want to discuss and just kind of transitioning from this idea of being sweeped up in God's love to peace... um, he says on page 136 that, you know, um, one of the, the results is grace has the guarantee of preservation of the saints. And just understanding that in order that, you know, our salvation is a gift that we didn't earn. It's an act of grace the same way that it's not something that we lose because of our performance. And in that, it's not that we, you know, roll around in sin, but that mm-hmm. we do have a, a, a peace about it. Why do you guys feel like this is an important thing for Packer to bring up here or discuss in this kind of conversation? I think because it can be so so easy to feel like 
it all relies on us. So easy to think that, like, if I'm going to get to heaven, it takes me, like, you know, being the the best, and I have to get there. Mm-hmm. But it's not about us. It's like we didn't do the work in the first place, so there's no way we're going to bring it to completion. Mm-hmm. Um, so God will bring it to completion, Philippians 1.6. And it's just like, you know, talking about Calvinism, I mean, this is one of the major points that, like, God preserves his saints to the end, and we can just have so much peace in knowing that, like, when we do mess up, that's not, like, it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not over. Like, we repent of our sins, we trust in God, and we just keep walking towards the finish mm-hmm. line. Yeah, and he talks about, so the Christian's future is assured, and he goes into First Peter, um, he says, I am and will be kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, and therefore I need not torment myself with the fear that my faith may fail, as grace led me to faith in the first place, so grace will keep mm-hmm. me believing to the end. Um, and so just to see both of those things as gifts of grace, mm-hmm. um, and just truly feeling that that is like the substance of our our life we can hang our hat on that until the day that we die um gosh i mean Mm. it's hard to compare like what other piece is Mm -hmm. there besides that (laughs) yeah and i've heard it put spiritual amnesia just even we might believe we're saved by grace but that we're kept by our obedience in response Mm -hmm. to that Mm -hmm. That's why throughout the scriptures, like when you read Paul's letters, he's constantly reminding them of the gospel. It's, you know, and people talk about not wanting to act like we move past the gospel, that, you know, we have to be centered on the gospel and just constantly reminded of the grace that we have because we do have spiritual amnesia. We tend to forget that and we think more of ourselves than we should. We think less of God. We think less of his grace and his goodness and Um, what a great reminder, what a great chapter. So excited to go into chapter 14 next and thank you guys for listening.